right, welcome back to another edition of the Guys Nation Pop Culture Podcast, the Sons of Stark edition. I'm your host, John, joined as always by Lord Ra with two Bs. Yep, absolutely two Bs. I'm glad the name is catching on. Hopefully uh, some of you are in on the joke. It's not much of a joke. It's just John and Rob. If you don't understand, they're both sons of Ned Stark. Throw that, throw that right out there. Oh, yeah. oh, not just technically. Yeah, well, I'm a bastard. Well, we won't hold it against you. Yeah. Ned so. Stark certainly didn't. <laughs> yes. and Well, at least I'm still alive. You're dead, so. Yeah. It just makes it crazy that you're able to do a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say something about how uh, how I got a woman, you know, that was that was in my bed before I died. Hmm. But uh, you got Egret, and I, I can't say anything about Egret. Yeah, see, one up to you again. All right, so we had episode seven, Mockingbird. Interesting choice of a title. Uh, I wonder if it has anything to do with To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, such as To Kill an Innocent Man, right? Right. Was the story on that book, if anybody read it in school. <laughs> uh, so Tyrion is innocent and on trial. Uh, we didn't get to see the fight that he called for at the end of the last episode. Uh, but in the preview for next week, it looks like that's going to go down then. Uh, so... What to you, since we didn't get to see that, what to you was the biggest event of the episode? Well, this this might not have been the biggest event, but it probably has the biggest impact. Um, we'll just keep on with the Tyrion storyline mm-hmm. and uh, Tyrion getting a champion. It's kind of one of the biggest things of the episode, arguably the biggest. And uh, I guess, you know, some of our predictions... Um, they didn't. They didn't come. They didn't come about, did they? No, and I don't know that we necessarily felt a hundred percent sure. But yeah, I mean, Jamie and Braun were the the obvious choices. Um, I thought it would have been interesting if Jamie had actually done it, just because you know he only has the one hand, and maybe be some sort of heroic effort, uh, like he'd be like Rudy or something, carried off on linebacker's shoulders afterwards. Right. Um. And Braun, you know, you figured he would be loyal, but it uh, looks like he sold out. Yeah, and quite honestly, I like the direction they're going because it adds more to the mythos. Um, <laughs> the mythos? Yeah. I mean, okay. you, you get uh, you get more of the backstory. You find out more about what happened before the cameras started rolling. I mean, you find out you know, what happened that, you know, kind of built up this whole feud between all these different houses. Um, yeah. You know, the story that, that Oberyn uh, speaks to, it's a significant part of the series, I would say. Yeah, this no is, doubt. This is kind of the first time it's really coming about. Sure. Well, he, he's mentioned it before, uh, but it's a little more explicit this time, I guess. Um. Because I think when he first showed up in the first episode of the season, he, he talked a little bit about it to Tyrion. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting that, you know, you couldn't... I wouldn't have been necessarily able to tie him in 
motivation-wise. And even as he was explaining things to Tyrion, it was just like, okay. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, where is this leading? I didn't see him suddenly saying, okay, I'll be your champion. Especially since he's sitting on the judges panel. Like, I just, it certainly was kind of out of left field for me. I didn't even realize that he could be an option. Yeah, and I'm not so sure that we've had any inclination of whether or not he can fight. I, mean, I don't remember him fighting anybody. Right. But in terms of Gregor being the champion for uh, for the Lannisters, um, sets up really nicely for Oberyn, especially yeah. with the, the motivation he's got. I mean, you know, what what better motivation can you have to want to uh, defeat you know the Mountain than the fact that uh, the Mountain killed. Um, your sister's children yeah. then raped and murdered her. Right, of course. Um, yeah, so he's, he's clearly got motivation, and, and that's, that's what it was going to take because, as everybody's been pointing out, you know, Tyrion has no more friends. Uh, right. And he can't even pay Bronn to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it needed to be over, and I guess it's a stroke of luck that he's there and willing. Um. So yeah, I agree. That was probably the biggest move of the episode. Uh, that should be an interesting fight because yeah, we don't even know how he fights. I mean, does he use an axe? I mean, who knows? Yeah, and, and um, we certainly saw the mountain disembowel quite a few people, right? Yeah, no doubt. That was, that was quite graphic. There was a lot of graphic stuff in this episode. I thought. Yeah, I I, I do including believe the extended uh, man ass shot. Right with uh, Daenerys and. Dario, yep. Which yeah, they they quickly erased from our mind with the uh, the Red Priestess rack. Oh yeah, yeah, taking the bath. Yeah, so that was that was nice of them to do that. Yeah. Uh, the other, I guess, big event would have to be the ending, right? Absolutely. Uh, we get to see what I've always suspected. Uh, Baelish has the hots for Sansa. Yeah, he does. And uh, he finally did it. And, of course, Lysa's right there watching. Of course, right before that, that stupid Robin. Um, when he started talking about the moon door, and he's like, how do you make people fly if you don't have a moon door? <laughs> yeah. And I started thinking, all right, somebody's going through that moon door. Yep. Yeah, he and definitely mentioned Sure enough. Mentioned. Sure enough, they're there right afterwards. And Lysa saw Baelish make the move. And uh, did you think she was going to send Sansa down? Oh, I absolutely did. I was like, oh, shit, Sansa's about to get shown the door. And then uh, I I thought towards the end of what Lysa was saying, I thought maybe she was just kind of threatening her, like, you know, don't get between me and my man. That's my man. You know, leave him alone. He's mine. Don't try and seduce him. You know, this is what I'm going to do to you if you do it again. But then yeah. it was almost like, wow, okay, she's actually going to do it. Good old uh, Peter Baelish shows up and is like, hold up. we got to have some words. Lysa, let her go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was waiting for him to push her in. He set it up nicely. Yeah. Saying he's only ever loved one woman, <laughs> your sister. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, she gets shown the door. Yeah, and, you get to uh, see what it feels like, since you yeah. were wondering. Yeah. 
she got to fly, and you know, you kind of wonder if her her head stayed intact at the bottom, like she was talking to Sansa about. Yeah, you know, I, I envision like when the Hound and Arya get close, or when I guess now we know that Podrick and uh, Brienne are headed there. Right. If one of them will come across her head, <laughs> be like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, what kind of shit's going on in this place? I guess there's been a change in ownership. Yeah. Reminds me of a scene, um, the uh, the Tim Burton Batman film, where um, the Joker and uh, Vicky Vale are going up in the bell tower, and Batman's like, you know, ten stories below them. Yeah. And Joker, like, kisses the shoe and drops it down, and like, you know, 30 seconds later, like, it drops down and hits where Batman is. Right. You can almost imagine, like, the Hound and... Uh, and uh, Arya, you know, walking up to this place, and then all of a sudden something drops, and the head just rolls by them. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, something something weird's going on up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those two um, we got to see more of, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. It's becoming well, a very fun storyline, I think. Yeah, and, and what did you think about the fact that... Um, you know, they put the guy out of the misery, out of his misery, and uh, the hound is like, "This is where the heart is." <clears throat> and then, then the dude that uh, had previously um, kind of threatened Arya, he's standing there after attacking the hound from behind, and uh, Arya just goes right at it and is like, "Oh, right! I just learned where the heart is." Boom. Yeah. Needle, needle finds its mark. Yeah, no doubt. Um... I guess she can uh, she can get things done with that needle. Yeah, Gotta no, make sure that, you hit a good spot. Is that the second or third person that she's run her needle through? Yeah, it's at least two. It could be three. I remember the dude that she just stuck right in the stomach like the second day she was on the run. Mm-hmm. That was pretty nuts. Well, she killed the one guy that, that was in the, the restaurant with the chicken, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She might yeah. have killed two people that day. Yeah. Her, She's got a her, list. Death, her death count is uh, at least three, maybe four. She's moving. She's moving a few from her uh, wish list into her completed uh, box, right? Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, I've got it on in the background, and the hound just said, uh, "Is he on your wish list?" And she's like, "He could be." <laughs> and the big dude's just looking at the hound, and she just goes, "Wonk!" Right yeah. there, and he's like. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so now the Hound apparently is wanted for, for what, killing Lannisters or something? Um, not, not extremely sure about that. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with Arya. Um, it was whatever they were talking about in the meeting the day before. Because I think Tywin Lannister found out that the Hound had killed at least five people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, so he's he's wanted, um, which means they're going to have to lay low, as they already are, I guess. Um, and we get a little more backstory there to find out you know, exactly how he got his uh, scarring from his crazy brother. Yeah, and I think uh, this is... This is the second time in the series that they've talked about it because I've I've gone back and watched some of the old ones, some of the first season, and Peter Baelish had told 
the story to Sansa. Yeah. But this is the first time that um, that the Hound has actually told someone, as far as I can remember. Right. Um, but I, I like the fact that that he doesn't like fire. I like the fact that she acknowledges the fact that he doesn't like fire. Mm. You know, I mean, if if your face was kind of held into the fire when you were a kid, when you were six years old, you would probably you'd probably have have some sort of um, aversion to fire yourself, right? I'd say that stands to reason. <laughs> and I, I like the fact that he talks about not only not only is it the fact that you know he was he was scarred like that, but that it was his brother and that his dad didn't do anything about it. Right. I like how he kind of adds the emotional uh, the emotional element to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You get to see much more of the hound just in that small sequence than we've ever really seen. Um, you know, and plus <laughs> the idea of him playing with toys uh, yeah. is kind of comical. Right, especially uh, when you figure that the person who you also have to think about playing with toys is the mountain, you know? I mean, that dude is huge. I mean, can you ever imagine him being a little kid? Yeah, I could take him. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, Jon Snow might be able to take him. Um, well, we're going to find out if Oberyn could take him. Yeah, yeah, that should be really interesting. I, I do wish we had known more about how Oberyn fights, like you pointed out. Yeah, uh, then we could actually debate how he's going to beat him. But I guess we're just going to have to see. Yeah, I think I think we almost have to assume that um, that Oberyn's going to find a way because you've built up a, a good character here and you know, Oberyn, and clearly he's got a quest of you know people he wants to take out. And yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't think that they would you know, have this uh, this first attempt just go sour and him, you know, get knocked off. Yeah. You know, and, and thinking about it, it's like this entire episode was people with family problems. You know, like Lysa wants her sisters. Uh, well, okay. The guy that loves her sister, she wants, well, he wants... The sister's daughter. Yeah, that's probably the most fucked up. Uh, and then you hear about the hound, the hound's crazy family situation. Yep. And uh, you know Tyrion, you learn more about how Cersei wanted him dead from day one. <laughs> not only did she want him, not only did she want him dead, it sounds like she tried to uh, set him up for um, uh, set him up for a circumcision, right? Yeah, yeah, she was trying to take care of that herself. Ugh. Yeah. That hurt to, hurt to listen to. The whores always make him pay. Yeah. He's no Podrick. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, what, all right. what, what else about the episode struck you? I mean, it, you know, it's fresh in our mind. We just saw it. Um, I think, we, you know, we, we talked about the biggest things. You know, I, I was a little surprised that we didn't hear anything about uh, what's going on with Reek and Ramsey. Uh, yeah. I guess they're saving that for next week, too. Yeah, they definitely set up something about that for next week. I thought it was pretty surprising that Brienne and Podrick um, are now going to head towards the Erie. 
Um, I really didn't see that coming, but I guess they're they're already hot on the on the trail. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily clear where they were headed, and this seems like a good spot for them because, you know, to have Lady Brienne and Podrick and Arya and the Hound all going towards the same spot, which yeah. is where Baelish and uh, Sansa are. It works out nicely. I just I wasn't yeah, so, expecting them to get this direction right now. Yeah, so I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, in the next episode preview, they showed uh, Sansa standing in front of, like, kind of a round table of people that I guess are there, you know, in, in the Yuri, um, probably wondering what happened to Lysa. And she says something to the effect of, like, I can't lie. Um, so I wonder if she reveals that, that Baelish killed her. Uh, what's going to happen with that? I mean, I guess he did marry her, right? So now it's it's still his castle. Right. And his lands. So he got what he wanted. Um, but will the people fight for him, you know? Uh, so, and then and then what's going to happen when the Hound and Arya get there and when Brienne and Podrick get there? Right. I, I have to guess that Sansa's going to be smart enough to know that she can't screw over Baelish. I mean, she's seen what Baelish has done. You know, she saw clearly what he just did. She yeah. saw how he kind of orchestrated Joffrey's death. And to be honest, I think she has to feel a little bit of loyalty to Baelish because not only did he help her escape, but the whole reason that he poisoned or he orchestrated the poisoning of King Joffrey was because he was kind of paying the debt back for what uh, Joffrey did to the Stark family. Well, that and he wants to bone Sansa. Well, yeah, but I don't... I mean, I mean why, I think, why, are we, why, is, why are we not admitting that? <laughs> he well, clearly I mean, wants her. Yeah. <laughs> more, more than likely. Um, and now she's the heir to Winterfell, so, I mean, bam, right there, he's got two castles. Yeah, no, that's a smart play he, on his part. He bones her. And I, you know, I don't think the Sansa play is uh, necessarily strategic for him, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly got some uh, some mental things going on there with, you know, transference and whatever. Um, yeah. How creepy is it to be like you could have been my daughter? Yeah. Now let me, now let me lay these lips on you. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting him to kiss her like a romantic kiss. Mm-hmm. I thought it would almost be like one of those kisses, like you know, I view you as like I don't know the daughter I could have had. Right. But nope, that was not the message she was sending. No. But I mean, let's be honest. This is how many different guys um, she's been promised to. So she was promised to Tyrion, who was a dwarf, and she wasn't into. She was promised to Joffrey who she clearly, you know, wanted to get away from. And they talked about her being with, um, I can't remember his name, but the dude was, uh, he was gay. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what his name was, but that's necessarily not necessarily important. Yeah, so, I got the point. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's kind of, you know, she's done a lot worse, you know? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I doubt this is ideal. 
Um, well, it's not ideal, but I would say it's probably a step up from the other guys I mentioned. Yeah, well, I mean, what's going to happen when uh, when he's on top of her, you know, grunting, and, and he calls out Catelyn instead of Sansa? Uh, she'll probably cry a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest. There's going to be a lot of crying going on if she was having sex with Joffrey. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. If she could be heard over the gag that he would no doubt have on her. Oh, man. I, uh, I, don't, be, I don't even want to imagine all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we, we clearly see that he has bigger plans. Um, if he unites with Sansa, then that gives him quite a bit of control in the north. Uh, the only one that would be in his way, I guess, would then be the guy, uh, the Boltons, you know, at the Dreadfort. Yes. Um, and uh, so, you know, maybe maybe that's where he's headed. But I'm guessing Arya is going to have other ideas when she gets there and finds out this whole situation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what Arya's plan is going to be once she gets there. I mean, she's clearly going down the warrior's path, right? I mean, she's clearly learning how to be a fighter and how to, you know, get things done on her own. Yeah. But once she reunites with her sister, I mean, I don't think she's going to give up on the whole, you know, I want to kill people thing. But I don't know. I, I would guess by that point, uh, you know, if we're talking, I don't know what kind of how much time it would take for her to get there from where they are now, but let's say it's been a couple months or I don't know, and, and Sansa's, you know, deep in the throes of having to be Baelish's woman. Right. I mean, she could easily be like, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Arya, uh, I need to get out of this. <laughs> right. So. Well, see, here's the question. <clears throat> don't you think that Baelish, you know, now that he's worked his way up and now that he's not only found a castle, but... Um, He's he's basically got his dream woman, right? <clears throat> right. Um, now that he's set this all up, don't you think he would want to marry Sansa and probably have a big wedding? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the idea. Uh, and I'm saying beyond that, like once that's already happened. Right. Uh, I don't saying... know. I'm just trying to think of the timing. I mean, would, would Arya get there before that happens? I'm, I'm guessing he's he, going to make it a rush job. Oh, I don't know. I think he would want to plan this out and have you know a big to do. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that could give enough. Who's he going to invite? They're 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 on the run technically. Who? Sansa. I mean, she's wanted by everybody in the entire the Westeros. I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess can't really have a, can't really have trumpets and uh, doves flying around for your wedding. Right. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're not going anywhere with this. All right. Yeah, it's good. Um, so, uh, speaking of, we mentioned uh, Brandon Podrick. You uh, you want some kidney pie? <laughs> it's not a real tasty. Only if it's made by hot pie. Yeah. So we had seen that kid before. I, I, he, I mean, he looked familiar. I just don't remember. Yeah, it's when his we saw hot. Him. Yeah, his name is Hot Pie, and. He was part of the group that was traveling with Arya originally. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. When, all, when there were all those prisoners, right? 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember who all was in the, the group that was traveling around with Arya. But either way, uh, he was certainly one of them. And he mentioned it. Um, that's how he knew that she was still alive. Yeah. He was one of the ones. And then when they stopped through there, he was like, no, I can't keep going. I'm going to stay here and cook. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So I think I think maybe one of the takeaways from that is that more people know about Arya and Sansa than than you know we realize. Right. And that something's going to get back to to the Lannisters. Potentially, yeah. Um, uh, certainly with things that are going on Baelish, because I know, you know, yeah, he probably won't. Um, announce it fully, but they'll hear about the wedding. <clears throat> right. Um, let's see, what else? We had the Red Priestess, as I mentioned, after the extended mana shot. Um, with Daenerys, we didn't see much of Daenerys. Uh, I guess she's she's sending people back to one of those other towns she was in. Um, but then we see the Red Priestess, and she's uh, yapping about Shireen. What's all this? Yeah, so... I didn't even really catch what she was saying. Yeah, so she was talking to Celise, which I guess is uh, Stannis' wife, and they were talking about, you know, people's fate and where they're going next and, you know, what's going to happen, and um, Alessandra talks about, you know, how this is her last good bath for a while, and I don't really have a good idea of what they're going to do next, you know, what their plan kind of is. But mm -hmm. Celise is kind of saying, okay, well, I think we can both agree that my daughter, Shireen, can stay here. And Melisandre's like, no, you need to bring her. Like, I, and I don't really get that. I don't really know what She's to think. Or something. You know, that, that could be possible because, I mean, what she's done so far in terms of taking the blood of nobility and whatever, mm -hmm. burning it in the fire. You have to think that a sacrifice might be in the works. Yeah, she's a little weird. Yeah. But, I, mean, I, mean, that, I was always kind of annoyed by that whole storyline with her and Stannis, and I'm glad they've gotten away from it. Because every time she's spouting off her wacky worldviews, like theories, it's just like... I don't know. I feel like I, I need to go, you know, watch something else. Like <laughs> go watch Desperate Housewives. Yeah, I I don't know what to make about all that, but I I do think the um, the magical mystical element that they add to the show, <clears throat> I think it's interesting, especially because that's how they that's how Melisandre killed um, Renly Baratheon, right? Yeah, but one of the things that I think makes this show interesting compared to other um, medieval-type shows, right, is that there is essentially no magic, uh, except for her, I guess. But you know, most of what goes on is just natural. You know, it's people fighting with swords. It's you know, it's not some wizard casting a spell. Right. Um, so I think that's one way it 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 does have broad appeal, you know, because obviously this is more popular than than this genre normally is. Right. And, and so then when you're introducing this kind of weirdness with her, I don't know, it just feels out of place. 
Yeah, and it's you know it's certainly not the uh, the typical um, swords and sorcery type of thing. You know, I mean, there's only a couple of dragons. You know, they mostly talk about dragons being extinct and you know whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I guess you know, have I guess you have Bronn being able to control the wolves. Yeah, and, and the reeds, uh, yeah. George and Reed, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's. I think it's cool that they add a little bit of that into it. I mean, it's not like that you got somebody looking into a crystal ball to try and figure out where Arya is, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do have, you know, elements of it. I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to come into play somehow. Um, as are a lot of things that kind of come and go. I mean, we've never heard from the White Walkers since that episode. Yeah, uh, I was... What was that episode three? It was a while back. Absolutely, yeah. I was I was talking to my wife just a little bit about the show because she doesn't watch and she's not really interested. But um, there was somebody made some comment on some show, and I was like, "Oh, that's a Game of Game of Thrones reference." And um, I said something about the White Walkers, and she was like, "So they have zombies on there?" <laughs> I said, uh, "Not really." Does every show have to have zombies? Yeah, that's that was kind of her response, and I was like, um, "They're kind of zombies, but they're kind of not." And they show up like once a season. We've seen them like maybe four times at most. Yeah. She's like, "Okay, I lost interest." It's like, "Okay, <laughs> I lost interest in trying to explain the zombies that aren't zombies that are right. snow zombies." Yeah, I mean they're. Uh... They kind of behave like zombies, and yeah. they just turned a baby into one of them, which is kind of something zombies like to do: is turn people into them. Yeah, but but no one no one bit the uh, the brains out of anybody else, so mm-hmm. it was kind of yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing at some point the White Walkers and the Red Priestess might have an encounter of some sort. Perhaps she, she's going to have to rethink her. <laughs> Religious views when she sees them. Yeah, because that would be the uh, the fire and the ice, right? I mean, yeah. she's she's uh, done everything so far with fire, and uh, they're clearly representing ice. And the books are called A Song of Fire and Ice, right? Yes, they are. The books that we do not read, lest anyone wonders as they listen to us stumble through this. And, and every time... We start to get some backstory of things that happened before um, the book started. I do kind of jump down the rabbit hole just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really interested in the whole thing with um, Oberyn and his sister and Rhaegar Dar- Targaryen and uh, and all of that. I, mm-hmm. I was I was really interested in that, and I, I think I even messaged you at some point right before the show started that um, that they could make a fortune doing a, a prequel series where they you know deal with all the Targaryens and oh, yeah. uh, you know all of that it's because I you know I've done a little bit of research here and there I try not to delve into anything that's specifically in the books that we haven't gotten to yet but if they left something out of the show that was in the book right. that that you know that kind of mythos Interests me. I, I don't know what it is. Was that the word of the day? I've used it twice. All right. Calm down. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, especially the Targaryens. I think that's something they should have spent more time explaining at some point. And maybe they will eventually. But, yeah, you know, all we know is that they used to be in power and they were driven out. Um, and now Daenerys is the only one left. I mean, it may be a little more information. Kind of like how exactly were they driven out? I mean, how does an entire dynasty get uh, destroyed like that and, and only two kids are left? Yeah, there was, there and was nobody something. is really all that faithful to them anymore. Well, there's something about the prince who is the son of the Mad King. So the Mad King is the one who preceded uh, Robert Baratheon. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Aerys II Targaryen. And there was something about his son, Rhaegar, uh, stealing or kidnapping uh, Lysa, uh, not Lysa, Lyanna Stark. So he essentially, the prince Targaryen, like the older brother of Daenerys. Maybe this is why they left it out of the show. No, no, but this is really interesting. So he, he kidnapped the woman who Robert Baratheon was in love with, mm -hmm. which was Ned Stark's sister. So when the king visits Winterfell, he goes down into the, uh, into the catacombs. He's visiting... Ned Stark's sister, who he was in love with. Right. But she was kidnapped by Rhaegar Targaryen. And so Robert Baratheon and Jaime Lannister and a bunch of other people go to track her down. And that is when um, Jaime Lannister kills the, the Mad King and they try and get <sighs> the sister back. All right. It's an, it's, <laughs> like I it's said, an, I think that's why they left it out. But that I'm saying a little convoluted. Not really. Well, okay, whatever. I mean, I just it's <laughs> I I can't see how they would have really put that in the show without actually having it play out. Yeah, know? no, I'm I'm saying or somebody that can explain it a little more succinctly. No, no, I know. Um, I think they just need to. Uh, they need to do a prequel series where they show stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it's entirely possible that they've made enough references to it that, you know, if, if one were to uh, rewatch and uh, analyze everything that's said, you would know. And that's probably what a book reader is thinking, like, well, they've already mentioned this and this, you know, because they've already read the whole encyclopedia right. about it. Right. That to them, a few mentions on the show should equal full knowledge for us, yep. uh, which doesn't... <laughs> yeah, and the book readers who are listening are also thinking, yeah, okay, these two guys that are talking, they don't have any idea about the whole uh, R plus L equals J theory. And I looked into that, and I'm not going to talk about it because there's still plenty of time for them to get into it on the show. What are you talking about, R plus L equals, what are you talking about? I don't want to jump down that rabbit hole. But I'm I'll saying... <laughs> Because I'm I'm trying to appeal to some of the book readers out there as as if to say, I have read a little bit about some things that have already happened in the show that they didn't show, and uh, right. it's a theory about how one of the characters on the show came about, and I'm sure the book okay. readers are way into that. 
Right. I, I don't want to mess it up for anybody else who might be listening who might just be a show watcher. So. Mm. Okay. We shall never speak of that again. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure I'm sure if we keep doing this podcast, it'll come up uh, before season six starts, probably. Right. We'll see. Okay. Uh, so, was there anything else that we didn't touch on in this episode? No, because I, I feel like the stuff with Daenerys wasn't all that interesting, unless you really care about the fact that Jorah Mormont kind of has the hots for her, and she's just into uh, having sex with other dudes. Yeah, he got to see uh, Dario taking the walk, Yeah, putting his shirt back on. Yeah. Kind of feel bad for that guy, but uh, he seems a little too old for Daenerys, don't you think? I don't know that he necessarily has the hots for her. Maybe he does. I don't. I mean, I I think Baelish having the hots for Sansa was was way more obvious. Now, now, see, I didn't pick up on the fact that Jorah has the hots for uh, Daenerys. You didn't pick up on it, but I'm gonna blame the creators of the series because if you watch the inside this episode for uh, for Mockingbird, mm. they were like. They, they highlight the fact that uh, Jorah has essentially been in love with Daenerys since her wedding day. And I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not that I didn't pick up on it. It's, it's, it's I just don't feel like he's ever, like it's ever going to happen, you know? Right. Uh, well, I, I whereas Baelish and Sansa, I mean, was destined to happen. I knew that was that was coming. Yeah, I was kind of in denial about that. But I, I personally just didn't even pick up on the whole Jorah-Daenerys thing. Like I didn't, I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, they show him with his puppy dog eyes longingly at her. Yeah, a few times. Um. So yeah, there was, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. I guess she's trying to spread her forces out. Who knows if that proves to be a mistake? Um. Spread her forces. <laughs> yeah. That's not the only thing she's spreading. Am I right? Huh? Yeah. Um. Right. Jon Snow uh, got told he knows nothing once again. Yep. He tried to tell them how they weren't defending the wall correctly. Nobody listens to Johnny. Nobody listens to Jon Snow. I know the feeling. Um, yeah, it sounds like he's got the right idea. Um, they can break through... Uh, they can break through a, a grate, a fence, a gate... Uh, but they probably couldn't break through an entire tunnel of ice. Have you seen a giant? Because I have. Yeah. I know. I know what's coming. Yeah. So they're they're about to get screwed. I wonder what he's going to do if he's just going to take off. I'd say what he's not going to do. He's not going to get eaten by one of those cannibals. <laughs> not my man, Jon Snow. I would hope not. Yeah. Although he's not a female, so he's. He could die. No, not going to happen. Hmm. All men must die. But he's how, many, how many women have died? Catelyn and Lysa? That's about it. Um, I feel like there has to be more than that, but you're probably right. And, well, and of course, uh, Rob's chick. Yeah, she doesn't really count. No. But, yeah, they, they love killing the men. Well, there's enough of them. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, I guess Joffrey died. He was kind of a jerk. 
Yeah. <laughs> How many times did he get called a cunt? <laughs> Quite a few times, right? Yeah. And deservedly so. <laughs> if if our podcast wasn't rated explicit before now, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> we could have spent the whole time talking, you know, dissecting the Red Priestess rack, which was quite fantastic, and I think might have moved her up a few spots on my power rankings. Oh, she was definitely floating along there in the tub, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Might be the last bath you'll have in a while. Make it nice for a woman of her vintage. She's <laughs> kept it together. I'm not. I'm not going to say we have power rankings, but we do have power rankings, don't we? We do. <laughs> Num- number yeah. one seed is. I'm a Daenerys guy myself. Oh, not me. Not me. She's got the the best full package. Now I I've I've mentioned before that uh, I think Egret is probably top my power ranking. Yeah. Um. And this is going to certainly weird. attractive, but she's annoying. I don't know if she's annoying. Okay. Maybe, maybe some people. You're, you're thinking Cersei is what you're thinking. Oh, she's incredibly annoying. Yeah, but see, she's she's she higher on my Cersei's uh, well. C- higher on my power ranking than uh, Daenerys is. How about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you do tend to watch a lot of things on mute, right? <laughs> maybe you're forgetting how annoying they are personality-wise. Perhaps. All right. Well, we can do a special episode of our power rankings. Yeah. <laughs> See how many downloads that gets. Right. Um, probably get probably get a lot more than we're getting now. <laughs> well, it would only take one, right? Now we're getting a lot more than that. All right. Well, where can uh, do we have a place for people to reach out to us? I guess just the Guys Nation uh, Twitter for now. Yeah, I think at Guys Nation probably works well. And on Facebook, it's easy. Facebook.com slash Guys Nation. Sounds official and whatnot, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep this going every Sunday night. Uh, looks like next week we've got, as we already mentioned, uh, the Theon storyline picks back up. Uh, Sansa might be spilling the beans on Baelish. And uh, the fight to the death. Sansa spilling the beans on Baelish, would that uh, affect her position on the uh, power rankings? Um, I don't quite have her at the bottom like you do. She's not at the very bottom. Okay. Got to have a place for Brienne. Oh, true. Um, yeah, I mean, she she should uh, she'd probably grow some balls over the next episode or two, and uh, that would move her up a little bit, so she's not... You know, kind of the the timid weakling that she's been most of the show. You know, I don't want everybody to think that these power rankings have anything. You know, are solely limited to how these women look because we're not that shallow. No, I already I mean, mentioned personality. I mean, that's that's why Arya Stark is pretty high on my power ranking because oh. she's awesome. Well, I mean, she's got a kill it's not count. Not inappropriate now. She's got a kill count. It's power true. ranking. She's also fifteen. It's a, it's a power ranking. All right. Well, that's why I said Daenerys was near the top, because she's got the full package. Attractive and a good personality. And she's old enough. That's what you're saying. Yes. And legal, yes. Yep. And single. Come on. Ready, ready to mingle. Yeah. She, she might even be on uh, Tinder as we speak. I don't even know what Tinder is. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
let me put it in in your terms. She might be on eHarmony. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since you're out of the dating world. So, All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode, huh? Yep. And uh, until next time, until our uh, Memorial Day edition. Do you predict uh, Oberon wins? Yes, absolutely. Or does Tyrion make, meet the same fate as so many male characters before him? Nope. Tyrion's going to stick around for another uh, for another season because it's all men must die. And I think bastards and imps and uh, pimps can all stick around. Hmm. Interesting theory. We'll see if the pimps stick around. <laughs> all right. That's it for this week. Catch you next week. Later. Bye.